Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. The number one dish in Haiti is our soup, our pumpkin soup. Our pumpkin soup is called Independent Soup, Soup of Liberty. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest, citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, we're exploring a topic that honestly is long overdue on this podcast, Florida's Haitian cuisine. Chef Alain Lamaire is here to break it all down. Alain Lamaire knows where your mind goes when you think of Haiti. Earthquakes, political upheaval, crisis at the border, But the Port-au-Prince native wants to showcase a different side of his homeland. The beaches, music, waterfalls, food, especially the food. Alay is executive chef and co-owner of Sensory Delights Catering in Pembroke Pines. He recently chatted with me about foods that remind him of home, what it was like competing on Food Network's Cutthroat Kitchen and Chopped, and why many people of Haitian descent, including in Florida, eat pumpkin soup on New Year's Day. So you basically grew up in Haiti and then moved here? Yes, grew up in Haiti, graduated high school and everything, and then moved here because I wanted to attend culinary school. Oh, cool. So what made you want to attend culinary school? Did you grow up cooking? Yeah, I would say... I grew up cooking, but not the traditional story where, oh, you know, your mom or your grandma taught you how to cook type of stuff. It was more that I wanted to cook for myself when I wanted to and what I wanted to eat. I would just uh, sit around and pay attention to what they were doing, either the cook or my mom or my grandma, and I would pay attention and just go ahead and we we do it myself, not knowing why or you know, the rhyme, the reasons behind everything. It just, I knew that those were the steps I had to take to cook what I had to cook. Wow. So you weren't even cooking with them. You were like, let me just take some notes and then go off and do my own thing. What kind of stuff yeah. were you making? First thing I I, I started doing uh, pasta. <laughs> the um, Well, in Haiti, one of a very popular breakfast dish is spaghetti. <laughs> yes, we do spaghetti in the morning. You can do it with, Ham, chicken, or smoked herring. Smoked herring is the most popular one, yes. Uh, You'll be surprised once you taste it. You'll be like, wow, this works. Wow, okay, my mouth is literally hanging open because this is not going at all how I expected. I fully expected you to say I grew up cooking with my grandma and I grew up cooking, you know, some Haitian dish that a lot of us have never heard of. And you're like, no, I grew up cooking pasta by myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what are what are some other Haitian dishes? I don't know if you make them in your catering business or what are some other dishes that remind you of home? I mean, one of the main ones would be a chicken with cashews. But we don't use chicken pretty much. We use guinea ham. It's really 
from the north side of Haiti. There's this traditional fried pork that we do. We call griot. It's a pork shoulder that is used. We first we braise it so we can break down the tissues and the muscles, and then we deep fry it till it's all golden brown on the outside. Another thing that is very traditional to Haiti too is mushroom. We grow a variety of mushrooms in Haiti that is called jojo. Well, the jojo terms come from the French champignon. So champignon in French means mushrooms. So since they couldn't say the whole champignon, they say jojo. How do you spell that? It's spelled D-J-O-N, D-J-O-N. Okay. Right. It is a variety of mushrooms. It is black. And the way they do it, they harvest it, then they sun dry it. And whatever you need to use it, you rehydrate it by boiling it. Me personally, I found to yield more out of it by using a spice grinder, right? And I grind it into powder form and then I use it. I get more flavor and more yield out of it. So it's more, it's, it's traditionally used to cook rice, but we do other dishes with it too. Mm. There's like this okra stew that we do with it. You can have chicken in it or you can have beef in it. All the traditional, oh, how can I forget this? The number one dish in Haiti is our soup, our pumpkin soup. Our pumpkin soup is called independent soup, soup of liberty. So the history says that during the time of slavery, slaves were not allowed to consume that soup because the French owners were the ones who had it because it was a delicacy. So once we got our independence, somebody said, hey, what a better way for us to celebrate our independence than to drink this soup that we were forbidden to use every January 1st. Oh, I love that. Just stick it to the man every yes. January 1st. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, we, it, so we should be drinking tea here in America to celebrate <laughs> Independence Day. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It is consumed almost every Sunday in, in, in most Haitian households. But January 1st, it is when you'll see that every single Haitian household consume this soup around the world. And what we do also is that every household cooks and then we swap with each other. I give you some of mine, you give me some of yours. So, and we have it the whole day. Oh, so you swap soup? Yes. Because oh. everybody everybody does it a little different, but the key ingredients, the key elements are still in it. But, you know, we swap. And then that's where all community, like if you ask Asians and they'll tell you January 1st, they'll do a drive by to everybody's house to get a, to get some container of soup so that they can go enjoy it at their home, all types of flavors of soups. Oh, that's such a nice tradition. You got to make friends with the neighbor who makes it the best, right? Yes. So, so what do you put in yours? What are some spices okay. that so you would the- find? So the traditional way is, so we have this type of pumpkin that we grow back home. We can't find other places, but this is the one that we grow. It's called calabasa squash. Mm-hmm. So this is the one we use. Then you have, of course, root vegetables, uh, potatoes, carrots, 
you'll find turnip in it also. And then we use also some spices, you know, like our thyme, scotch bonnet, parsley, garlic. And then there's this um, leaf that we use that gives it that distinctive flavor. It's called, in Spanish, it's called culantro. It's mm-hmm. not cilantro, it's culantro. Mm-hmm. So that gives it that distinctive flavor. And also we use some of the celery leaves. That and, all sounds so good yes. and so decadent. When people think about Haitian food, do you feel like they are really appreciating the richness of the food culture in Haiti or what's kind of the perception of it? In the United States, just like almost other cultures, we kind of give people what we feel they would appreciate more. You know, like you go to Asian or Asian spot. If it's not a real like traditional cuisine, you know, they they'll try to appease to the West Western Hemisphere's palates, right? Yeah. So we 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 fell into that trap and tried to do it too. Um, there are so much things about our food, so many ingredients, so many different dishes that we do about our culture that it is not really represented here in the United States or every anywhere around the world. But if you traditionally if you go to Haiti and you go, and I always say that, street food. Street food is your number one place to try traditional cuisine from a place, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to Haiti, street food, you'll get to experience the richness, the varieties that we have to offer. It is just amazing. Like we do dishes with pig feet. And you can see some of those our connections between our cuisine and also some of the cuisine from the South in the United States, right? For example, okra. Okra is something to me we use a lot, and they use that a lot also in the South, um, notably New Orleans Creole cuisine. So New Orleans cuisine was influenced also by our cuisine because at one point when the United States was trying to acquire the Louisiana from the French, a lot of Haitian soldiers came to help and they stayed over and they incorporated their techniques, their cuisine into that region. And a lot of the food from that region is very similar to what we do in Haiti. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm going to try and not say any French words during this conversation because I know <laughs> I'll butcher them. I took Spanish in high school, not French. But the, the Haiti that you're describing and the food and the richness of the food is like a 180 from the Haiti that we hear about in the news. So yes. how does it make you feel that the only thing we ever really hear about Haiti is when something bad happens? I guess I'm, it's a complex feeling. I know that there is more to Haiti than that. Our culture is vibrant. Our food is vibrant and flavorful. Um, we have so many beautiful sites. We have underground sites. We have those amazing, beautiful waterfalls. And we have those beautiful beaches. And one of the beaches in Haiti was considered as one of the top 50 beaches in the world, right? And that site is not really showcased in the news, it's always when there's ever the disaster or there's political issues and stuff like that. 
On the other hand, I feel that also who's the better person to promote its culture than the people from that culture, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel that we we lack on that end where that we don't push much our culture out or we don't do a good job at pushing it out if we are pushing it out a lot. And we should be the first ones to showcase that side of Haiti that people don't see in the news so that the news can showcase it, right? Yeah. Okay, I got to ask you, what's the name of that fancy beach? I know it's in the south, right? I think it's called Abaka Bay, if I'm not lying. Abaka Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. Well, you you talked about using your platform a little bit to showcase all that Haiti has to offer. And you do have a big platform because you were on TV cooking and you've got this big Instagram following. Tell me about how it came to be that you were on some of these cooking shows. First thing first, I'm a very shy person. (laughs) And people don't tend to see, people always like, oh, why are you saying that? Like, you don't look like you're shy, but I'm shy. I just mastered the way to do public speaking and to be in front of people. I was never considering cooking competition until a friend of mine who's been on TV, she referred me to a casting agent. That's what I did, Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen. Yes. So I did Cutthroat Kitchen, and after doing Cutthroat Kitchen, I was hooked. I wanted to do more and more cooking shows and competitions and stuff like that. So I ended up doing Chopped. And Chop was here earlier this year. Wow. Well, for somebody who's shy, you're you're really uh, turning into quite the media mogul. When you're on these shows, how does your Haitian cooking background come into play? Are you are you putting plates in front of the judges with ingredients that they're unfamiliar with? Yes. Um, when I do these shows, uh, some of them, you know, they give you specific recipes you have to do. Uh, for example, Kato, they are giving specific recipes to do. So what I tried to do was incorporate my uh, flavors into it, right? Um, on Chopped, they give us those crazy ingredients to use. So I still try to incorporate some of my background into it. I also got a chance to do another show. Um, it's not, it hasn't aired yet. It's airing probably next year, so I cannot say the name, but it's not a competition show. It's a cooking show fully about me. So um, they gave us, they, I made, they gave us some ingredients, but it was all about me, my flavors. So I was able to showcase more my cuisine, my background, and I can't wait for them to come out, for people to see it, to, to learn more about Haitian cuisine and what we have to offer. I think that's great. So did they at all change the way you cook or the way you operate your catering business? No, no, not at all. Oh, well. Faster now? Um, <laughs> I've always I've always known how to cook fast and work under pressure. But doing the shows helped me even master it even more as far as an organized chaos. I like to work in a clean environment. I like to work at a fast pace. I like to work, listen, we have this to do, let's get it done. And then afterwards, whenever we're done, if you want to relax, you want to have fun, do what you have to do. But when it's crunch time, when it's time for me to work, people always say that I'm like the 
the Scrooge in the kitchen kind of <laughs> because <laughs> I, I just I just stay focused and doing these shows helped me even more focus on that area of my career like as far as being organized in the kitchen working fast working in the clean environment and executing under pressure mm. do you have a nickname in the kitchen do I have a nickname in the kitchen no that that you know about <laughs> That I know about, no. <laughs> okay. No. Oh, no, I'm sure everyone has good things to say about you. Um, how often do you return to Haiti? And what do you miss most uh, about it? Okay, so as the last time I was in Haiti, unfortunately, was December 2019. I had to cater a wedding in Cape Haitian. But because of how everything has, has been turn, turning around lately with the insecurities, the political turmoils. And then you had COVID um, stepped in also. So I kind of avoided from going there. I used to go every month, pretty much. If not every month, every other month, like spend weeks over there because I did also have a food service company over there that me and some of my friends would put together. So I used to go very, very often. And uh, what the most I miss about is the simplicity of life, man. The community, it's like everybody knows everybody. Um, we eat together. We it's, it's just like a whole big family. You, you have so many people that you know that you can go to, different places that you go to. Of course, the beach, you know, that's one of the main things you know, we enjoy over there. Yeah, I mean, I wish I can go back anytime soon, hopefully, uh, when things start to appease and there's more more security, I would say. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I kind of abstain myself from going. Yeah, that's hard. So yeah. tell me about the Haitian community here in Florida. We hear a lot about Little Haiti Yes. But, but what else? What else is there? I mean, the, the Asian community is very big in Florida, especially in South Florida. Like you said, Little Haiti, which was officially named Little Haiti probably two, three years ago, right? Because it used to be called Lemon City. So about two, three years ago, it became officially Little Haiti. It's a big community, man. We, there's a community center there. There's this marketplace where you can find authentic, original Haitian artifacts, food, or whatever. There's a library with Haitian uh, literature in it also. There's this uh, very well-known church also in the area. You know, it's vibrant. Once you go through, you'll be able to see some of the Haitian culture. There, You'll see these old heads all playing dominoes by the streets. You know, you'll see a lot of Haitian flags, a lot of Haitian restaurants. If you're driving down 54th Street in Miami, you know, you, you can see the restaurants, you can smell the food. It's a beautiful community, and it's spread it out rapidly throughout South Florida. I mean, even Central Florida has a big, big Haitian community, you know, Orlando, Kissimmee, Tampa. I have a lot of people that I know in those areas and I'm always in those areas too. We're just fun. We just, we love life. We love to have fun. Music is a big 
big part of our culture. So, yeah. That sounds fun. So it's not really little Haiti anymore. It's big Haiti here yes. in Florida. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. So a couple uh, episodes back, I spoke with uh, two sisters who have a um, ghost kitchen in Miami, Michelle and Jennifer Kaminsky, and it's called Two Korean Girls. And they said that if you love Asian food, then you should support Asian people and Asian culture, which I thought was such a good point. So if we love Haitian food, what are some ways that we could be better allies with Florida's Haitian community? I would say, you know, supporting those small businesses. One of the biggest businesses that we have in South Florida with Haitian community is the restaurants. If you just Google Haitian restaurants near me, if you're in South Florida, you will find one. We do have also, you know, printing companies. Shout out to my guys from Print Giants. There's a, also a Haitian museum um, here in South Florida. I believe it's called Haitian Historical Museum. Yeah, and then whenever you can, just travel to Haiti. And that's when you can really experience Haiti. I was there very briefly in high school. We were in the Dominican Republic with my church and we popped over to Haiti, but definitely want to check out all the restaurants and the beaches you talked about. I just Googled the museum. It's called Haitian Heritage Museum. So that sounds really cool to check out. Well, pronounce your name for me one more time so I don't mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the way to say it in French is Alain Lemaire. Alain Lemaire. Lemaire, yes. But for people who can't pronounce in French, I just say, just say Alan Lemaire. Oh, you got to dumb it down. for Listen, I, I understand that struggle. It happens to me every day. Is there <laughs> anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Um, I mean, I do have this, um, this new endeavor I dove into. And it stemmed out of this term I, I, I love to say when I post on Instagram. It's called Oumanger Deja. Oumanger Deja means did you already eat? Ooh. Right? So it's... To us, it's a love language. Whenever you walk into, like you go to your grandma's house so, or to this old lady that was in the neighborhood that you know to, as soon as you walk in and they ask you, oh, did you already eat? Do you want something to eat? So it's always that welcoming sentence they give you. So I took up on it to expand on, the, on it. And we're doing a retreat. So we did the retreat this year, our first retreat we did this year. So it's a retreat where bunch of chefs or foodies, we get together and we talk about food and the business aspect of it. And also we get to relax. And next year, I'm taking the crew to Costa Rica. Oh, yes. I'll, I'll carry your bags. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me come. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we're going to have fun, talk business, but mostly relax also because we never get a chance to take a time off for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm a hectic business or my hectic schedule. So I decided that, you know what? Let's get together. We cook with one another. We network. We help and build each other up. But also, we have fun and relax. And on that same breath of the Umanji Deja, so we started doing a pop-up dinner series. And the first one we did was in New Jersey. It was like about a week ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did it in New Jersey where we we just use this 
either already set up venues or many venues and we create a whole atmosphere of food, music. Um, we add some other aspects to it, like you know, trivia questions. We get the crowd involved. So we're going with that. So next one, hopefully, will be probably in Atlanta. So fingers crossed if everything goes well. Um, yeah, and then we're we're just growing that brand, the Umoji Deja cookbook, and we're working on also creating sauces, spices, and everything's probably going to be under that same umbrella of Umoji Deja. Oh, very cool. And you could have T-shirts because that's a great yes. thing for a T-shirt. I, yes, <laughs> yes, I do have some T-shirts already. In oh, I love hat. that. Oh, you're looking around hats. for them. Oh, nice. Yes. Everybody loves a T-shirt and a sticker. Well, it was so nice to meet you and to talk to you. Thank you for bringing a little bit of Haiti to the zest. And we really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was Chef Alain Lemaire of Sensory Delights Catering in Pembroke Pines. He shared his recipe for Haitian cashew chicken. Find it on our website, thezestpodcast.com. And while you're still listening, go ahead and just leave us a quick review in your podcast app. It helps other people to find us. We appreciate you. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. This week we had help from Chandler Balcom, Mark Hayes, and Lily Tyson. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2021.